Hey, this is Keith Price, and I am so glad that you have become a part of the Keith Price's Curtain Call family. It is really great that you guys are enjoying it, and I really, really feel like I want to give you guys more and do more for you. And the only way that I can do more is if I can get a little bit of help from you. So what I would like to ask of you is that you check out, if you're listening to the podcast, to the Patreon page that I have started in which I'm asking that if you have an extra buck or two that you could throw over to the side once a month, I would be very appreciative. As time goes on and the more support that I can get and the more energy that I can create, behind this, it will give me the opportunity to reach more people. And the more people that love theater in the world makes the world a better place. So www.patreon.com slash Keith Price Curtain Call. Help a brother out. Come on now. Help a brother out. Thanks a lot. Ooh, you are listening to Keith Price's Curtain Call. Back here for another episode of Keith Price's Curtain Call, and if you were listening to my after-party shenanigans from the Hello Again party last week, then you heard me talk to this man who I didn't know was a fan of mine, which is really very cool and very scary because now I really have to step up my game because... Uh, either that, Don't or I have to, or change. the only thing is now I have to no, like try to pre- like do my thing, Mm-mm-mm. knowing that you know how scandalous I can be. I love that you're scandalous. So this I had is so great. much fun visiting with you at the party, and the party itself was so much. Fun. Oh, it was the whole wonderful. evening was great. The whole evening was great, and that voice you might sort of remember, maybe vaguely, is the voice of one of the most. And I was thinking about this today, as before all the other panic stuff that I was telling about earlier with the phone and things, because, you know, I try to keep it honest up in here. That one of the things I was I was listening to some of your music today, and I was just thinking about how daring Michael John Lucusa is as <laughs> a composer and lyricist, and that. You know, as you listen to some of the songs like in Marie Christine or if you listen to Hello Again, which, of course, is now available right now in your local movie theaters, if you're looking around. And by the time you, you know, if you're waiting until like weeks upon weeks to listen to the podcast down the line, it's probably going to also be available online as well for you to get it if you don't get a chance to go to the movie theaters and see it. But that is one of those pieces of yours that has a very interesting thing. And I was thinking about that, too, because it was that and the first daughter suite that I realized that you're, you have this kind of like a vignette kind of thought process with your pieces because within the songs, there are the stories. That's Each right. story, and then, and then it's like they're all connected mm-hmm. through whatever through line you've put, but that's how each piece is. And it's, it's not, it is not musical theater in the way that people would think of musical theater, which I know is something else about you that you, you <laughs> a little controversy that this I man has so. brought around in himself. But Michael John Lacusa is here with me. You might know that name on a couple of scores of a thing or two, maybe the wild party. That's something else I wanted to ask you about too, about the, that we'll talk about that later on. And Marie Christine and uh, Hello Again, which is out and about, the first daughter suite, the first lady suite, which was before, way before that, but this was something that he came back to revisit. 
Michael, how you doing? <laughs> just, how are you? I'm just listening to you. Yo, you it's are... a nice voice. Thank you. And the headphones, it sounds even better. Right? Thank you. So, thank you for you having doing? me here, Keith. It's such a joy to see you. Are in, you in kidding? Person and live. This it's is just are you great? I'm a great fan of yours. This your is makes me happy. Here. This you don't understand how that just it's like oh, so there are people listening. <laughs> there are. There are. It serves. It has great service out there for people. Wow. Really love the theater. That like the theater and love to get the opportunity. Hopefully, they're as excited as I am with, to talk, to, talk with, with you. Folks, right. So tell me, sir. Tell me about you. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I just listed a few of the credits that people might know. Um, but as far as you, the person, I feel well, like I don't know. Thank you very much. You know, I'm not very good. I'm not very good with the flattery thing. You know, <laughs> but thank you very much. All the same. Yeah. I appreciate all your comments. Um, you know, um, when you mentioned the vignette thing, I'll, I'll talk, take that up as a subject. You know, uh, you know, uh, when you write musicals, you're not always inspired by, you know other musicals but you're inspired by sculpture you're inspired by paintings or you know life in general a ride on a subway might you know make you go I want to write that as a musical so our our inspirations come from many different sources one of my favorite artists is Chuck Close of course who paints right. cells within cells within cells right. uh, you know and within each one of those cells is a painting in and of itself and I've been very inspired by that over the years um, by that artist particular artist and uh, and so I think some of my work does reflect that or definitely um in Hello Again, uh, and uh, in some of the earlier work, First Daughter Suite and, mm -hmm. and First Lady Suite. But yeah, not so much First Daughter Suite because it's not really a sequel. Right. It's a new. It's, it's, it's a new. It's out. a new piece. But it's. Yes. But I was. But just, I followed sort of the format of First Lady Suite, yeah. so it could be a companion piece to that. And it, it's like, but in the in the subject matters that you choose, they they don't fall under the category again. It's sort of like you're in that same thing, like a Sondheim. You know what I mean? In terms of when they bring. It's like you, you know, it's not, oh, it's favorite. not a guy meets girl and then, you know, the girl loses guy and got, you know, it's not, you don't have that kind of energy behind it. It's a much more. I don't know. I mean, I mean, gosh, when you look at the golden age and the, the musical canon that exists in the subject matter that Oscar Hammerstein chose. Right. Hello, Showboat. Hello. In 1929, that's pretty mm -hmm. out there and dangerous, you know, so um, territory, uh, same thing with something like um, uh, to take a, um, Carousel, for instance, too. Right. That's that's out there too. So it's I, I think it's wherever you find inspiration and wherever you feel like you can be true to yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And also too, uh, I write because I I'm missing something out there. So I write something so that I can see what I'm missing. You know, as most writers do it that way. You know. So you come. You right. feel. Is it filling the niche that you want for um, you? Yes, I think so for myself. Yeah, absolutely. That's groovy. You know, I mean, there's plenty of commercial work out there, but I don't necessarily always like a lot of commercial work. It's not my cup of tea. I prefer something a little bit more complex, a little bit more challenging for for myself to engage in. That includes drama, play, TV, whatever. You know, well, you know, it's interesting. That. It's just like you said that that there there is that commercial aspect to a lot of the stuff that's happening in theater. Do you think that one of the reasons why I feel like, you know, because your stuff is not generally commercial. Oh, gosh. You, I don't, you know I don't what I'm saying? It's not, no. And it's not meant to be, and it doesn't come across that way, and you're not apologizing for any no. of that. No. And it makes you kind of stand out in the crowd. Well, yeah, like, you know, non grata, Table for one, Mr. Nangrata. <laughs> Table for one, Mr. Nangrata. That's yeah. persona Nangrata. No, I mean, yeah, I definitely, uh, you know, have um, have uh, exiled myself to a certain extent from a lot of the community. But again, I'm I'm very much part of the community too Absolutely. because it is my community, and I love I love. 
this business of a show, you know, it's it's been my my life, you know, writing for the theater, and I love the people in the theater. That's just something you can't get away from, you know. And uh, um, I I think that there are expectations that um, commercial theater uh, demands, and right. those are, and if you, and, and it's and, and people who make it look easy, I, I give them all the world. I mean, going to see the the Dolly revival, for instance, Hello yeah. Dolly. And I'm just like going, my God! I didn't. I took it for granted, but it's to it's make a beautiful show. It's a stunning show. I mean, th- this production's a stunning production. Right. And one song after the other. I mean, I'm just sitting there like a baby, bawling my <laughs> eyes out. I'm going, oh my God! I mean, none of the songs have anything to do with anything on the plot. Right. Absolutely nothing. You know, Dolly's come back to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Hello. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> You know, cue the waiters. It's just no drama about that. But at the same time, you're lifted to and transported to a new place. And 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 how Jerry Herman made that look so easy to do, but it's very difficult to do. Wow. So I have such great respect and, and honor those that, that type of of uh, uh, commercial theater, very much so. But you kind of come. You're you're like more of the rebellious. Kind of, I think your I, style I always a, was, you know. I always was. Where are you from uh, originally? I'm from Chautauqua, New York, uh, Western New York. So you're, you're yeah. you, you, I wouldn't say local, but you're, you're, you're. Oh no, that's West. That's West. Oh, that's West. We're Is that West. like different? But yeah, West, oh like, yeah, yeah. It's country. It's country. It's grape country. It's it's West. It's, we're at the tip of the the foot of the toe of New York State. There, right <laughs> on Lake Erie. It's uh, it's West. What are you close to? Now, over oh, about seventy five miles south of Buffalo is where. Okay, I'm from. Or, cold. cold. That's right. The cold. Yes, and we talked cold. about that. We had to find ways to entertain ourselves with all that snow. Wow. So did you retreat mm-hmm. to theater very early? Yeah, I think so. I think it was part of my my life ever since I was a little kid. Yeah. Absolutely. I was always putting the kids in musicals, mm-hmm. my neighborhood kids, and, and <laughs> you know, and we, you know, we sang a lot in our household. I learned piano when I was young, and used to do this family sing-alongs that went on all night. And really, yeah, it was. Is great. Your, your family musical too? No, not not. I mean, my brothers are uh, involved in theater now uh, because right. only because I forced it upon them to You're star the in my show. Were you the oldest? You know, I was the eldest. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my cousins in theater. I mean, they're all they're my the younger ones. The older uh, ones are not. You know, uh, but, but I got those young ones, and I said, "You're going to be in my show." <laughs> and we had to do this, so it's no wonder they're in the theater. Uh, and they're musical, obviously. You know, mm-hmm. um, um, my brother Tom's a terrific drummer. My brother Matt's a great singer, and performer, and director. And uh, and my mom sang. My mom and her sisters sang. Everybody sang. I mean, back in those days, whether yeah. you had good voices or not, they you just, know, because it was did. about the spirit. That it really was, was about the spirit, absolutely. Wow. And and the joy of just singing songs. You know, my mom had a, a bought a piano, a player piano. You know, the ones that you pumped in the mm-hmm. music and the piano yeah. rolls would yeah. blow through and the the tubing and suddenly it'd be. And um, I I would learn. That's how I first learned how to play piano was following the, the, the piano keys as they were, you know, depressing and, right. uh, you know, moving up and down on the thing, and uh, which was, you know, ragtime and all that stuff from the 20s and everything, which was great, great fun. But, you know, it's one of those things that I always, I just never really think about it. It always seems to have been a part of what I, my life was. That's music fabulous. and theater. Music and theater. And reading and the well, museum and cause, ballet. Because, you know, you and I are of, that. We're both of a certain age now. We are. And I think that... I'm of more of a certain age than you, I think. <laughs> Today I feel like it. You're just maybe just a little bit, but not much. I'm old. 
<laughs> I, I've reached old. the invisible years. I'm going to tell you, I'm happy about it. I'm <laughs> glad. I don't have to put up with anything anymore. Isn't on it the best? Street. It, it, it kind of is. Although some days I go, you know, hey, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Yeah. Nah, but you, you know. I, I always wonder too, because I think like once I hit like, I want to say it was really around 43, 44, that I really started to just not give a shit about what other people thought <laughs> or what they, how you feel about whatever it is. Because I do the comedy. It's like, you don't like, you don't think I'm funny. Mm-hmm. Then that's, I, I can't fix that for you at 45. No, I'm no. just not going to do it. <laughs> nope. It's like, I've managed to be this funny this long without your opinion. So, <laughs> so for you, like you, with, with um, creating new music and new musical theater, it's sort of like you you kind of had that attitude throughout most of your career in terms of doing the things that you wanted to do and the things that you said you that you wanted to see for sure. Um, but It's more about um, making the choice to do it. You okay. know what I mean? That's that's what I really hang on to and cling to is as long as I have a, a choice. Choice to me is a, very important. Everybody should have their own choice. And um, so it's not like, because I want, I, I'm doing what I want to do, because that sort of sounds... Petulant. Yes, or, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't really think that way. I'm also thinking about a choice of what I have to say for actors that I want to write for. Right. Or for a theater company that I want to work for. Mm-hmm. And what can I choose for them? And then, ultimately, what do I think an audience that wants a challenge and wants to experiment and wants to go on a little bit of a journey... Um, you know, what What can I choose for them? So there's a lot of that involved in it all. It's not just, I'm just doing what I want to do. <laughs> it's not. It's, yeah. it, there's a lot involved because there's a lot of money involved. And then there are humans involved. There are people. You want to take care of your actors most of uh, most importantly, mm-hmm. and but you also want to challenge the musicians and your your, your music directors and your, well, your musicians. You want to you know want to give them a challenge, and and so there's a lot of things that go into making a choice of what it is I do I choose to write. Because it's interesting because you 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 hit that that moment too. I was thinking, like you like I said, you make it a challenge for your artists. Like yeah, when we all want to exactly be. like want, when want you that. can make. You know, Audra McDonald only do six shows a week because what you're giving her is work. Oh, then yeah. That's, that's it's a lot of work. fierce. Yeah. Well, I never expected Marie Christine to, to be an open. I just thought, gosh, she'd only be performed five times, <laughs> which it kind of has. <laughs> People remember it quicker. Um, I'm going to see it in Chicago. It's at Boho Theater in Chicago. Wonderful young director, Lillian Brown, is directed what is seems to be, uh, looks like, and looks and reads like a beautiful. Uh, revival, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's... Do you, well, you know, like again? So we, one of the big things is like how we met was through the Hello Again movie adaptation. Yeah, and how bringing your work to the screen was. I mean, it was a beautiful night, just in general. Oh, but it's sort of like so happy making. I think about your work, and it's like you, you know, for someone to want to take on an adaptation of any of your work and make it and make it right. Let's make sure that they get right. They got to do their homework. They did, and I think Tom Augustuson, who directed and produced the film, and Corey Crickenberg, who wrote the screenplay, mm-hmm. were very true to the Schnitzler and and my version of Schnitzler's play La Ronde. Right. Again. 
um, not only with the screenplay and their cinematography and the editing, but with the casting. I mean, the casting's just spectacular. And that was the original cast of Logan was truly a, a roster of st- now stars. They weren't right. stars then per se, but everybody, they're all stars. Carolee Carmella, Michael Parks, I mean, Michelle yeah. Hawk, John Dotson, Malcolm Getz, Don Murphy, Judy Blazer. Like, I mean, just, <laughs> oh, Jen, Sean Cameron Mitchell. Mary Tessa. Mary, Mary Tessa wasn't in Hello Again. No, she, she was, she's someone that I've written for. Them. For yes, yes. Well, I remember her from the first Daughter Suite. That's right. Yeah, the revival of that she did. Wow. So I mean, you know, and and what they did, uh, the creators of the movie, the film, um, Tom and and Corey, was that they 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 held true to what I wanted to write about and what drew me to Laron. You know, this exploration of intimacy that you know, we have, uh, we want very badly from the people that we we love. And, and have carnal relationships with, but we also have a great deal of fear and loathing of that same intimacy. <laughs> and because, you know, and I think that that's what made the play originally very scandalous is because audiences didn't want to see these intimate moments between people. Right. And I think it's still what holds Hologan uh, scandalous and controversial is because it just show um, people d- dealing with the, with intimacy problems and I think you know we have a big issue with it. I think I mean Facebook is not an intimate environment and tweet, no. tweeting is not an intimate gesture no. you know and I think we're on a, on a struggle for that you know in, in our in our society and our culture about how to be intimate with one another and how to express intimacy it's and Logan is that piece it's that and that intrigued me the most about the original source material and which I think the movie does really quite beautifully and, and does have that intimacy in it it's quite gorgeous and it's interesting too that you are hitting on a subject that is a problem. You know what I mean? Like this piece, what, 20 years ago? I I think 24 now. 24 years ago. Like, so originally, though, we were not in the cell phone generation. We were not in the Facebook generation. We were not social media crazy. And there was a cry for intimacy conversations then. Then I don't think we'll ever solve it, and I think that's the beauty <laughs> part of it all. I think it's, we're human, you know. We um we have we have our carnal needs, but we also have our spiritual needs. Yeah. And and I think it's always going to be the great um, puzzle that we face as humans. I know because I think as I've matured now, so to speak, um, <laughs> that the, the level of intimacy has changed for me. Like, you know, what I'd like to have, even in what would be seemingly a superficial experience, I guess, I still want that to have a yes. little bit of, of depth and a little bit of something. Yes. Because, I mean, you know, we've all had the empty moments back in, you know, in them younger days. Mm. I'm just saying, mm. put my glasses back on, you know. <laughs> back in the day, you know, when we was, you know, young and cute and dipping and mm-hmm. doing it, we had, you know, intimacy then. You know, whoever thought about it, because right. we were all about variety and flavor. It was true. It was true. And it's only as I think as I've gotten older now that I've, I've wanted to have more. Well, nice work if you can get it. Hi, <laughs> just saying. Ciao, to Michael John toast, toast, is here, toast. honey. Mm. <laughs> what? Like we get, what? We're getting. We're oh, getting facha. We're getting too. Am I getting oh, too sassy, fun. Brett? <laughs> Brett always is the one who brings me all these fabulous people. You know, I I wonder now though that we've you, you can look at intimacy in the place that it is now, and you know the discussions that Hello Again will of course bring up for people. But like, what are what are the things that are are look at, that you are looking at now for inspiration? 
Oh gosh, um, celebrity is of great interest to me right now. Really, the the cult of celebrity. It's mm. of great interest to me. Um, I'm still though. I'm still on a track to figure out some things about um, immigration and and because uh, I started addressing that really in Giant with um, the Mexican and American uh, Mexican and white American um, issues that were in in that show, and I'm still on a track for that to figure out how our immigrant nation um, can survive. Um, some of these things being thrown at it, right? Yeah, because we are an immigrant nation. We're a mongrel nation. We're, and I don't think that this should ever be destroyed or taken away of. We're legislated out of existence. We are that. We get our power from being immigrants and mongrels. And there's no such thing as my country. Your, you know, yeah. not yours. Exactly. You know, so that intrigues me a, a great deal. So, but it's called a celebrity. I'm very intrigued by why does it exist and why is it so? You know, how do we wind up where we're at today? You know, yeah. with this because it it. Interesting. I'm I'm dying to think of like where where you would tackle like what would be a story that you would grab like what who's what celebrities catching your eye right now in what? terms of the shenanigans that is their cult of celebrity. oh it's all it's all out there right now I mean particularly with the recent accusations against you know certain uh, men in in the in the, in the movie business and uh, that are out there too I mean talk about just you know power and uh, and uh, you know and over. Women, it's just it's amazing. It is amazing to me, and then, and now we're seeing it over men too. That it's happening oh, with men gosh, as well. Absolutely, absolutely. It's sort of like there's a part of me that I know, you know, I have been fortunate enough, at least in my adult life, to have never had anybody forcibly. But you are lucky, to. and I've been lucky. You are very lucky. Very you lucky. Know. I, I mean, I, I have. Everybody has been yeah. mistreated at some place. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and the, assaulted. You yeah. Know. You know, you know but my childhood is a different story. But like, I I recognized at some point that there was a, a that place of vulnerability. I guess when I got to that that age where I don't give a shit anymore. But like, part of the reason that it took me longer, I think, to get there was because I was still trying to deal with the stuff that I was dealing with as a kid. Mm-hmm. But when I became an adult, I was like, I never thought about finding myself to be that vulnerable again. No, like that. No, you know, I mean, but unless again, you just want to yeah, be coy, yeah, I don't know. I mean, everybody's different. The psychological makeup is is different from everybody. How yeah. they deal with, um, you know, incidences like that. But um, but that's intriguing. I mean, you know, getting back to show business. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of good material and all of that. I mean, when I, you mentioned the wild party, um, you know, and and those issues of how do we let go of our our, our masks that we wear, and that very much intrigues me too. Is this this defense system that we build up around ourselves to to be and actually put on masks of the thing that we hate the most, appropriation, right. you know, things that that go on in our country, and 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 um, and what happens if those masks are ripped off of us? And who are we? Right. I mean, you saw it very clearly right. in what happened during the the Charlottesville. Um, you know, incident, uh, you know, and how Trump dealt with it. Boy, we was talking about ripping off a mask right there and seeing, a, <laughs> and you know, seeing, seeing the cargoes, uh, you know, all out there. It was right that, 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 that is part of our, that's what our nation well, is, I mean, and it's well, ugly. Well, you Boy, think this about... is not, this, I want this to be fun. Yes. Well, I, Why are we know, talking, you're bringing me no, into the sad thing. No, I'm just oh, asking, sad I'm thing. asking about like, you know, what what's, what's catching your eye? Because, you know, you are a, um, prolific guy that has ideas coming through you and it's like you want to do you want to musically present them do you want to do it's like I need to know all this stuff people that are following you need to know this Michael John okay, okay. But, but let's get back to more fun stuff um, 
So, okay. All right. So you have had the privilege of writing music for some of Broadway's best voices. I'm lucky. Yes. Very and they, they seek you out sometimes for the challenge that you present to them. Mm-hmm. How does that how does that make you feel when you think about it? Like, I mean, you know, I wouldn't you be doing my the... job. I mean, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't torturing Mary Testa or <laughs> Audrey McDonald or trying to give them a seven eight time <laughs> there, seeing seeing if they can get through it out the piano player sniffing the downbeat. <laughs> I hate that sniff. Anybody who's listening who, who uses the sniff from your piano player to get your downbeat while doing one of my songs, I really hate that. <laughs> Really hate the sniff. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. And mm-hmm. and I, I remember I always ask, "What's wrong with the piano player? Blow your nose." <laughs> and she needs the downbeat, Michael John. And I'm going, "Oh well, screw that." Well, she's not a singer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do love playing "Stump the Star." Sometimes it's kind of fun. I, but I, although I, you know, I, it's when the, everything I do when I write for um, folks like like. Eartha Kitt, or or right. for the Wild Party, or, or, or Mandy Patinkin, who was just so remarkable mm-hmm. and wonderful to work with um, in, in 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 shaping the songs for them. Because the actors are the ones that have to go out there eight times a week. They have to feel like they want to put on that song right. every time they go out and feel comfortable. So the hem has got to be right, and the the collar's got to be mm-hmm. right. And you got to work with them to find out what's most comfortable for them, and uh, to because like I say, they're the ones who have to do the work every night. Wow. And that's a joy and a half to do. It's one of the great pleasures that I have as a writer is working with those, that uh, those actors who who love doing that. That's amazing. That's I mean you know, and then, like I said, for me it's just it's exciting to just be able to have you here in the studio with me. A especially after our introduction, which if you were listening to my after party shenanigans with oh, a few folks from the movie Hello Again, then you would know that. Um, at this point now, for me, it's like this is this is fun for me because I'm like, this guy likes me, and I like him, and it's like, but now I don't want it to become like, oh my God, so everything that you do is fabulous, and everything you do is fabulous. But I, I love the fact that your work is challenging because, you know, not yeah. for nothing, there are lots of really great song singers, song, I mean, composer, lyricists that are working today that are doing lots of really great things, but... There is something like when I put your work up against some of the more contemporary folks that I've been listening to as of late, it's yours. There is something very, very, very distinctive about your style with that vignette energy. And it's like, Thank you. it's like, and not that every song doesn't tell a story because that's pretty much what it is, but it is the the story that's being told and then the way that it's it's put inside the context of the, the bigger picture that you're trying to present. So I, I laud that. <laughs> well, I'm I glad somebody does because they still haven't figured me out. They yet. haven't. But, but I was going to ask you, what is that like? Because again, I, you know what? We were talking. It's so fun to talk to someone uh, that we are of a certain age now. You know, and uh, you know, I think like it was in my, it was in my late 30s and 40s where I I really did have that that moment of oh my god they're 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 never going to want my work. I, no one likes me. They're not giving me any. Why do I? Why do I not get these awards? Because I am like the Susan Lucci of the drama desk, yes, you sure. know, five fifty or something like that. Mm-hmm. No wins. It's like, but after, but, but, and but you don't do it for that. But I don't. No, I don't. And I really never did. But 
it's still you. There's those moments where every writer they need to feel like they have worth, that their work is you know, as opposed to being constantly beat up on for being different. Right. And um, and I thought, well, you know, but 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 come my mid forties, I just went, you know what? No, not not worried about it anymore. Done. And it was such a great feeling of knowing that I could have that catharsis of just going, you know what, no, this doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Right. And it might be because you're seeing, like, the years ahead are shorter than the years that are behind you at that point. And you go, you know, it's it's what it is. And, you know, uh, my, my friend Graziella Danielle, right. we're talking today. The fabulous and, choreographer. The genius, Come on. Uh, lover. Talk about someone who never, not, doesn't get her her due. Jeez, yes. she's brilliant. Um, we were talking on the phone today. And we were just talking about things in general, a couple of projects that we we're working on and stuff. And uh, she she quoted Abraham Lincoln. She had found a quote from Abraham Lincoln that was, "It doesn't matter how many how how many years in your life, but how many how many how much life in your, your years. years." I just love that, and I thought, "Oh my God, I could fly on that all day." How many you life know, in your how years? much life in your years? And right. I think that that's very important to hang on to. And once I realized, oh wait, I want that. I want to have fun. I don't want to think about, you know, oh, why didn't I get this? And, and now I get to go to the Drama Desk Awards when I'm nominated and get drunk. <laughs> I can sit there and get loaded and have a brilliant, fabulous time with all my friends and all these people I don't get to see all the time right. and just have a kick-ass time. And knowing I don't have to go up on stage and say anything to anybody. You know what I mean? I know right. that. So it's just like a joy. It's like a t it was a total release for me, you know, in, in, in my 40s. So that's where I'm at right now, which makes me really, really happy. And just knowing that I, I could choose to do what I want to do. It doesn't make me a lot of money, but it, I the, still have this choice in my life. And I'd, I'll fight to the death to keep it, too. You yeah. know? Well, I mean, you said that earlier, that it's about having the choices. It is. It is. And I fight for anybody else's, too. You know, I yeah. tell my students, you know, they get to be, it's hard work because they'll kick it out of you. You know, they will. They'll try to kick it out of you. Critics will try to do it or producers or, or your own peers will try to kick it out of you. The sense of who you are, you know, yes. as a performer. That if, if you do have something different, mm -hmm. there's a lot of times people know it, know it and then they will try to rip it right out of you or steal it from you or whatever. Yeah. So you have to be protective in one respect, but at the same time to be very, very true to yourself. Just whatever you do, fight for that, to be honest with yourself and always true to yourself. It's it, it For me, that has been the one thing about at least doing comedy that I've always tried to keep in my mind is that it needs to always be honest. Cause, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, because you can exaggerate, and that's fine, but... The basis for the exaggeration <clears throat> needs to come from the truth. Always. And always. I have found that that has always been the most successful thing for me, especially, you know, because with comedy, the more honest you are, the more people are more inclined to want to listen to what you have to say mm -hmm. and laugh with the things that you, from the your viewpoint that you give to, if they can find a That's way right. that they're connecting to you. So That's right. Like with your music, though, you make it hard for people to get in. They, they got to they gotta do their work to get into your music, I, I think. I don't think it's work. I think it's just, uh, you know, our, to let go of your stereotypes, let go of your uh, preconceived conception of what, mm -hmm. what musicals are. Uh, you know, also too, it helps. It does help if you are have a, a, an experimental palette. You know, um, it does. I think it, it's enjoyable. But again, I don't know. I just I feel like you just have to have an open heart when you go into Period. the theater and and take it for what it's what you're seeing there, as opposed to going, hmm, that's not. You know, that <laughs> Where doesn't is have my a, costume change? Because you know, yeah, right, exactly, exactly, right. <laughs> it's like, hmm, that. That's not, that doesn't have a hook, you know. I'm not humming anything. You can't hum. 
out of the theater can humming I, something. I'm can going, I say oh, though shit. that was, was like, that has always been like my gauge in terms of whether or not, and this is when I was younger, I could say this that it was the gauge that I would use when I would see a musical because I wanted to have that experience. If especially if I was having a joyous time in the show, but then I saw a show recently where it wasn't that I hummed or thought about the songs anyway, but it was the entire experience of the show that I still managed to carry with me to where I wasn't mad that I don't remember any of the songs per se right. until I got the cast recording mm-hmm. and it was come from away and I was like, oh, yes, yeah, wasn't that a great experience? It was a wonderful experience. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I was like, yeah. I don't really feel like I, you know, there were songs that I could hum, you know, except being on the rock, but. The whole ride that that, that show yes, took me Yes, I thought it was on. a very good experience. I really enjoyed myself on that you know? show. Very, I was very suddenly moved, too, at, at the end. Uh, very moved by it. I thought it was. A, I think it's a great show. You yeah, know? Yeah, really fine show. But but again, you know, I you know they got their eleven o'clock number in there. They got you know what I mean. They have a lot of the yes, standard things that you need yeah. to have, or you say that that we've been told they need to have. But it still felt more out of the box than some of the I other so things. I thought so too. Yeah, I thought so too. Well, that's because I don't think they really, you know, they're Canadian, so they right. didn't have that environment. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where I mean, there's not a lot of musical making going on in Canada. They're trying. Outside of Celine Dion. <laughs> no, you know, no, but no, 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 it's really true. I mean, they don't have a lot of, they're trying to. Yeah. They're, they're trying to create a Canadian, uh, you know, musical theater Energy. writer energy there and I, you know I've, I've been involved with several of these workshops there mm-hmm. in Vancouver and Toronto to work with writers and uh, but it's not a big community so there's not you know so they can there's just something blessed about it too because they don't have any expectations right. to write to or, or other people are doing this and they got successful or whatever mm-hmm. you know they don't they don't, they don't have, have that, that there you know so it's it's a somewhat freeing I think you know to, to get them. more stuff done that's fabulous you know God. so so I you know I mean I feel like at some point there's there's been a shift certainly in in what we're seeing on the stage now. Do you feel like that that's a trend that's going to continue? I mean, I would certainly hope so. I mean, I mean every now and then uh, something comes through, right. uh, a chorus line comes through, right? Rent comes through, uh, Hamilton comes through, and everybody's scrambling to find their next chorus line. Mm-hmm. Rent and Hamilton. Well. You ain't gonna find it. Yeah, it doesn't work that way, Mr. Producer, Mrs. Producer. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. And Mr. and Mrs. Writer, he, she, they, writer. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't follow that either. You know, you can't go and copycat that stuff. It doesn't yeah. work that way. And 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 have the success that these shows have had. So you know, that's one of the big pitfalls is everybody's going to be doing that for a while i hope not i mean i hope people continue to do new stuff the biggest issue is uh and this is uh, you know the big the the big issue is that we don't have any more critics the critics are all gone we sit with these old people at the times uh you know that just still cranking it out god bless them Mm -hmm. god bless them you know but we need some young ideas we need some young writers out there writing about what they want to write about what they feel so i get a sense of what i'm desperate to know what young people are thinking and i definitely want to know what young critics are thinking i'm not interested in what old critics have to say anymore yeah. but that's again my age i'm interested in what young people have to say right and that's where the real hope is going to land you know that 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 is the 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 beauty part of the adventure called life in the theater is that there's uh, there's young people coming 
Yeah. And that's where all the joy and, and happiness for me is to see the, these young writers and young actors and, and, and young directors coming up and the producers. It's, very, it's a thrill to know that, that it keeps moving forward. And they have some fresh ideas. And uh, that's the excitement. That's the life. That's the blood. That's the life and the you blood of, of the American theater. And God bless all those old folks. But, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> I love all those old folks. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, but you know the funny thing is, I was, I was, this is gonna be when we're gonna go. But like, I remember I said this to somebody the other day, and I said, you know, the I don't consider myself a critic in this mix as a person that enjoys theater because, you know, I like what I like, and if I like what I like, and the things that will really interest me that'll be different will grab me. So I, I, you know what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm open to things that are not. Traditional, and I'm also yes, into whatever's are. traditional. You are, and so when I, when someone asks me about what I thought of a show or what I'm thinking about a show, I always try to tell them that what I may enjoy may not be the same thing you'll enjoy. Right. And so if you're asking me, do I recommend a show with no? If you are someone who knows the things that I like. When you ask me what you would like to see or what I would recommend to you, I'm not going to recommend anything to you that I didn't have some sort of energy. But see, with. that's not. It's... And but at the same time, if it's something that I don't like, I'm not going to diss it either because my attitude is is that you may actually wind up loving it. I said, but I just it's not going to be highly recommended by me. Well, and I mean, that's okay. There's a difference between being a critic and actually having critical thought. <laughs> You know, and unfortunately, a lot of these people who call themselves critics are have no critical thinking at all. Don't have taste. Don't have that that important skill of writing. You must be a very fine writer, whether you're on a blog or anything, or you know, newspaper, whatever's left of newspapers. You have to know how to put that critical thinking down into words, and you have to have taste. Yes, uh, it's taste. It's just taste. So. Yeah, you. But you, you've got taste. Oh, okay. yes, you do. Okay. And you've got critical thinking. So, I mean, who could ask for anything more? You That's know. It. But you just, you know. But if you don't want, don't call yourself a critic. I don't. You yeah, know? I'm just a guy who. But likes I would take theater. my recommendations from you <laughs> any old day. But you, you know, I would the, because you've got the two things: taste and and, and critical. critical and I and I like if it's something that you really want to see and you think you should see, and I don't love it. Just know it's not recommended by me, and you go enjoy because exactly. because exactly. the There's other no part to, to that is the these folks that keep bitching and cutting and mm. slap slicing and the theater for click like, in for click in and I'm telling them I want to say them you keep doing that and we're not going to have a theater to go to anymore. Well, it's very true. The more uh, more bits you want to do and you get more clicks on the bits you are. We all know that That's it. because of the miracle of the internet. That's but it. that is not the way to um to do this. Anyway, well, I got to let you go, mister. Oh, I don't want to go, but I have to go. But I got to see go. a wonderful show tonight. So. What are you seeing? I'm going to go see Squeamish with Allison Frazier. I love her. She's great. And of course she's your, she was, she's your first she was, was Nancy Reagan? She was no. Nancy Reagan and Crazy. she was Betty Ford and, and the first daughter sweet. Yeah, she's extraordinary friend and great performer so okay wow. love good I seeing love you. you thank you so much thank for doing you. this and we are going to be back michael john lacusa and again make sure you go see hello again if you can see it in the theaters and if not make sure to keep watch for it because it will be available everywhere else you can get your movies downloaded i'm sure so thank you again michael and we'll be back. Look for Keith Price's Curtain Call on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and now Mixcloud.